what, what a glorious moment that was. Still a life highlight. Uh, I speak of it fondly and regularly when I talk to my cats about life. <laughs> like there was a, there was my great white whale was mittens. Mm-hmm. All I wanted to do was pet her. Mm-hmm. She never let me, but once, once she let me. <laughs> and now you cats follow in her footsteps. But y'all let me, y'all let me pet you when I feel like it. Life is so wonderful. Life is wonderful. Oh, Milma. Uh, amazing. Amazing fruit. Let's see if I can get these puppy dogs to go outside and go pee pee. Mm. Come on, puppies. I've got two. Where's my other one? Come on, puppies. Go, pups. Go, pups. One, two, out. Oh, Harvey. Oh, little Harvey Elliot. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on, buddy. Give me that toy. You can't take it. the hole. Go. God dang these dogs. Come on. Come on. Out. Look, 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 look. One of them goes out, one of them comes back in to piss me off. They're really good at this, by the way. Can't do all at once. Got to, got to, got to take shifts. God, my Oh boy! All right, he just got this duck like twenty minutes ago, and he's already ripped two holes in it. It's all you usually brutish, need. What a what a brutish animal. <laughs> uh, animals. They're just like us. Oh. Oh. Only happier. That's that's true. Especially if you're a fan of, you know, Mr. Football Club. Just football at all for me. Jesus. True. True. Someday I'll get to watch it again. One day. One day Wes will get to watch football again. (laughs) But that day is not yet here. It's like a week and a half from now. As we we start the latest edition, episode 432 of the Foreign Affair podcast. I am Edward Green, joined as always by my Colin Crime West Bradshaw. And uh, yeah, we have a Premier League week to wrap up here as they have headed on to international break, but not before uh, some teams still got to play this weekend. Some wish they had who didn't. Some who did probably wish they hadn't. And that's just it'd be like that sometimes. It do be like that sometimes. So we'll talk a little bit about the week that was. Uh, we do have some news and notes to get through as well. As we uh, we have headed into this international break, we'll uh, pimp the athletic, hit the watch for, and we'll call it a pod. Um, so without further ado, let us get into the week that was in the Premier League. It was match week eight of the Prem, even though most teams only played now seven matches. The lucky ones, I guess, some have only played six. But here were the results from this past week. On Friday, things got started off with Aston Villa beating Southampton 1-0 thanks to a Ramsey goal in the 41st minute, which was the decider. Um, Fulham with a little bit of a comeback win over Nottingham Forest. A one year with the early goal for Forest, but three unanswered from Fulham in the space of six minutes in the second half. Uh, uh, Reed finishing it off on the hour for Fulham. 
got them to a 3-1 lead. O'Brien pulled one back late for force, but it wasn't enough as Fulham continues their impressive start to the season um, as Forrest pulls a Fulham by buying a lot of players and not quite getting the results they were looking for. Mm-hmm. On uh, on Saturday, uh, City got off to an early lead in the first minute thanks to Jack Grealish. He's alive! Uh, then 15 minutes later, early Nalan scored, and that was slightly more expected uh, as they put Wolves to the sword early. Uh, Phil Foden put, one, uh, put a nice goal in in the 69th minute as City were good to go in that one 3-0 at the Molyneux. Um, Newcastle and Bournemouth split the points at St. James 1-1. Isaac with the penalty answering a Billings goal in the 62nd minute as that was all that could be had there. Bournemouth, though, with a very important point for them. And then in what some people have called the worst 6-2 game ever, which, (laughs) to be fair, I would actually be curious how many 6-2 results have occurred in the Premier League. Because that that feels like a very low number, because it feels like it would either be like, you know, maybe maybe a team hits 6, the other team kind of sucks and either gets zero or one. I feel like six, two would be very rare, but I don't know. And I don't know that I actually have the power to check that. Nevertheless, that was the scoreline Spurs won over Leicester on Saturday. Um, Hyung Min Sun re- responding to the dropping from the starting 11 as he came on in a sub and got a Premier League or sorry, Spurs first in the Premier League substitute hat trick with three goals in the final 20 minutes of play. Um, it was pretty close to over already as Betancourt had secu- secured his 47th minute goal, put Tottenham a hot for out for good. But Leicester falls again after a bright start, immediately being answered by Kane in the eighth minute. And then finally on Sunday, 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 of course, the Chelsea-Liverpool match, as well as United versus Leeds, both postponed. Uh, Arsenal took Brentford to task 3-0 win at the G-Tech as Arsenal bounces back from their bad defeat to United in the previous weeks. Um, and they come back on with another win on the campaign and Everton, they've, they've finally done it. They, they got the breakthrough. Everyone, they pick up their first win of the season and maybe just maybe things are looking up for Frank in the blues. I mean, they beat West Ham or like really bad in their own right but still it's it's the win right guys sure oh yeah of course so that was the week that was in the premier league and wes i think obviously uh a couple of blowout wins for the for the uh the week that was um cities obviously pretty expected the way they've started their campaign um spurs maybe also over leicester we kind of talked about that uh, the past week, how that could be potentially Brendan Rodgers' final match in charge. And and sure enough, in the post-match presser, he sure sounded like a man resigned to his fate. Um, but I think very importantly for Tottenham, getting Youngman's son his first three goals of this Premier League season, very, very important for them if they are going to make a a strong top four charge and possibly even maybe trying to break into that top two. Uh, completely agree. Uh, let, let's start off. Just we'll touch on the Leicester part of this. Um, man, Brendan Rodgers. You know, you you've got the feel for Brendan. Mm-hmm. The problem is he makes it hard to feel for him sometimes. 
True. He just those broad shit. Um, <clears throat> really no backing in the summer. Knew he needed to refresh that squad. He got pretty much nothing. He got his best defender sold out from under him. Uh, even with that, I don't think anyone was expecting things to go this bad. No. Um, but it's just, it's just right now they're just completely not responding. Um, if I was Brendan Rodgers, I'd be talking to my agent. I'd be like, Look, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's take the rest of the year off. I mean, don't get me wrong. Brendan Rodgers will have a Premier League job if that's what he seeks. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's a proven winner. You know, he, he's done well overall in the Premier League. He's done a great job at Leicester. He did a, an admirable job at Liverpool. I, I don't think he's... I don't think he's ever going to end up at that big six club again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Brendan Rodgers is... He he will work in the Premier League for a long time if that's what he so pleases to do. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think Lester. I'd be really surprised if Rogers came back and was the manager after the break. Mm. It would really really surprise me. Um, as for Tottenham, man, Youngman Song just having a uh, a resurgence a. a comeback a what the heck was this uh sonny not scoring a goal all year last she was leading score um just off to a horrendous start to the season uh maybe maybe he just needed that first half or so on the bench to kind of get his mind right and mm-hmm. suddenly when he came in things completely clinton into place it helped that they were playing lester true that really helped a lot <laughs> but uh, but for him and so on, that's a that's a really big moment for him and a really big moment for Tottenham going forward. I would also say real quick, I think one of the big things and the, the difference, I, as some people have mentioned this, that is the difference between this Tottenham team and maybe Tottenham teams of the past um, is just kind of the squad depth they've built over the last couple transfer windows. Because, you know, previously. You couldn't as Spurs really drop Sun. If you wanted to, unless it was like like a first round FA Cup match against a League Two side, then yes, you could drop him from the starting eleven. But if it's a if it's a Premier League match, most likely Sonny is going to be starting. But with the arrival of Kulishevsky last transfer window, with the arrival of Richarlison this transfer window, um, and he's really been a spark plug for this team when he's come on off the bench. Um, I think he had he had earned a spot in the starting eleven. And so now Conte all of a sudden has options up front where he can he can rotate people out and still have very, very good players. You know, no, no shade, you know, too much on Lucas Mora and uh, Stephen Burkwine and others that have come through. But now Tottenham actually have a front line that can be rotated out and you don't have to go, oh, God, this is terrible. I hope I hope Kane can do something. Um, this is, this is a really good sign. I think for Tottenham that they do have that back. They're not, they're not deep completely across the pitch, but offensive frontline depth is something they have really lacked in recent years. And, and it seems like they've kind of solved that problem barring injuries this year. So hopefully, hopefully telling me just to get something straight. You're telling me that. 
Daniel Levy. Mm-hmm. Finally. Mm-hmm. Finally. Opened his wallet. Uh-huh. And suddenly Spurs seem like they're built for maybe sustaining some kind of a run. It's crazy. <laughs> I am blown away by this. I, I know, I know. Dynamite analysis. I know you're not going to get that anywhere else, folks. But um, yeah, absolutely, just tremendous depth up front for Spurs right now. Outstanding, just just magnificent. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, Antonio Conte. Antonio Conte got a lot of backlash for let's be real, kind of being a dick. <laughs> yeah. But but you know what? I mean, the dude was right. He's like, look, I need more players. I need better players. I need more players. And if you can't give them to me, why am I going to waste my time here? Mm-hmm. So finally, he's like, well, you know what? We'll do it your way. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of working out. So <laughs> Ooh, this will, it'll be interesting to see, A, you know, how Spurs continue forward and B, what Conte will dream up to feel slighted next. <laughs> yes. Because I think he was all ready to not get money and then he got money. He's like, oh shit. Damn it. Now how can I how can I feel insulted next? Oh, I'm <laughs> sure we'll see about January and February. So <laughs> Yeah, great stuff it. for Spurs. Yeah, oh of course we love it. Um, so yeah, great stuff for Spurs. You know, again, I think midfield may still have a little bit of hole. The back line stronger still, maybe a hole or two, especially if Ben Davies is hurt for a while. But um, yeah, I I'm I I had always thought, and and you might disagree with me on this. I don't know. I had thought the last couple years, last three or four years, Spurs could put out a starting eleven. That could rival just about anybody in England. But they just didn't have any sort of depth on the bench. Like, yeah, I, I think. I, screwed. Yeah, know, exactly. So, you know, Harry Kane's usually good for a couple injuries a year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're always getting injuries in defense and in the midfield. And there's just, like I said, there was nothing behind anybody. I mean, when it's a lot of. You know, not taking their way, but some of those guys. But, you know, the Oliver Skips of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big drop-off. And now, if something happens, Spurs have some options. Conte has some depth. And, holy shit, things are looking up. Well, uh, we'll see if that continues. Um, the, the pessimist Spurs fan in me says the other shoes dropping and it feels like it's going to be the World Cup. But hopefully, hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully Kane just scores a bunch of goals and everything's great. And England wins the World Cup and they come back feeling great. Hope that's that's the hope. Of course, if that other shoe drops, it's going to be a stylish Italian loafer, probably from the foot of Antonio Conte. <laughs> yeah, true. true. Um, Anything else catch your eye from the past week? And I know you, your eye didn't have to go to the Liverpool match because, again, we had to, you know, yeah. have the um, match. I guess I'll uh, I'll do something I hate to do, and that's give Everton a little bit of credit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to give Everton some credit, they they've done pretty well lately. They've been knocking out some draws. 
Uh, which for them, I mean, that's that was improvement. Yes, actually. I mean, it's a team that barely survived last season and did not get off to a good start this season. They have shown improvement, shown improvement. And for whatever reason, the courts of West Ham has just become like the easiest thing on earth to beat. Mm. And um, Everton got their Everton got their crack at it and <laughs> took them out, took them out convincingly. And you know, right now it's a slow turn. I mean, I'm still not expecting Everton to make any sort of a run in anything. But mm. if they can just get themselves to where safety is more guaranteed this season, I mean, that's a step up, and maybe Frank's got them going in the right direction. You know, you kind of look at who they had played, you know, at the start of the season, uh, they they lost 1-0 to, Ch- to Chelsea, then they lose 2-1 at Aston Villa, and then they've drawn four straight with Forrest, Brentford, Leeds, and Liverpool. Now, September was kind of supposed to be a little hard for them because they were supposed to have played Arsenal a couple weeks ago. That got postponed. And then we probably thought West Ham was going to be better than they have been. Yeah, it hasn't panned out, so they were able to get a win. Um, they will have United and Spurs next month, as well as Fulham, who again played very well this so far this season. Um, but it does kind of get spaced out because again, then they have Leicester and Bournemouth at the beginning of November. God only knows what those two teams are going to look like by the time we get there. And then it's the World Cup break, so they don't play. You know, they don't play City until after the World Cup. You know, they won't play Arsenal probably until after the World Cup. So. I mean, these are the schedule could break pretty well for Everton, and then they could maybe see about after the World Cup about things things shaken out. But yeah, I, I agree with you. The ability to to get points because you were talking, I think it was about who were you talking about? Maybe maybe Brentford, um, kind of just grabbing grabbing these points early because yeah. they become so much harder to get later in the season. And that's kind of what Everton's doing right now. They're getting, they're getting those points ready for the winter. So when the long, harsh English winter comes, they'll have some sustenance to rely on and not be scraping at 17th place again. They're like a squirrel collecting their nuts. Yes. Which and they definitely lost to, last year. Yeah, they definitely lost their nuts last year. So, uh, Collecting them now and collecting them early. I mean, that's a that's a big thing, man. You you don't want to find yourself having to chase the pack come March. You know, they did it a year ago, but I think they realized after last year they're like, ugh, we don't want to do this again. You know, we know we're not going to put a top four worthy team out there. We know we're probably not going to put a team worthy of fighting really for a European spot. But man, we do not want to have to fight for 17th again. Yeah. Especially if Tom Bowley gets his way and then that turns into a 14 playoff. And you know, nobody, they don't, <laughs> you know, they, they don't want that, Todd Bowley. So, uh, yeah. So, Everton, I give them their props, man. They're doing a little better. I'm not thrilled about them. They're doing a little better. Look at you being all magnanimous. Look at me. I'm I'm a giver to the people, Ed. Yes. A give of my <laughs> You're not you're nothing if not a giver. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Um 
so that was the week that was in the Premier League. Uh, again, there will be no matches this weekend again with the international break upon us. The last one before the big international break, a.k.a. the World Cup coming up in the middle of November. Uh, now, when we do return, uh, provided no more royalty has passed away, uh, we do have some some big matches coming up right out of the gate. Uh, Saturday, October 1st, the first match back, 7.30 a.m. It's Arsenal, it's Tottenham. I mean, last year's North London derby to, towards the end of the season was big because that decided pretty much the Champions League spot. This one is big because both teams right now are in the top three in the table, separated by one point. This is a big marker for both teams to start off the season with. So this should be a, a fiery match between those two teams. Uh, Liverpool will be taking on Brighton. Uh, on su- that Sunday, you will have a Manchester derby at 9 a.m. at City. And then on uh, Monday, we could see a new man in charge at Leicester when Leicester takes on Forest at 3 p.m. So things to look forward to, but not not this week. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, in the table, uh, as we take a look at it, uh, Arsenal do are back on top of the Premier League. They are on 18 points. City and Tottenham right behind them at 17. And then Brighton and United round out the top five with 13 and 12 points. It's weird to already be talking about matches in hand, but we kind of we have to. <laughs> As Brighton and Manchester United both have a match in hand. Uh, Fulham does not. They're on 11 points, but Chelsea and Liverpool do. Chelsea's on 10 points, Liverpool on nine. So ground possible to make up there. The bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, Palace and Wolves. Both on six points, sit just outside of it. But then it's West Ham and Forest on four. And Leicester City still looking for their first win of the season on just one point. We'll see if they can get it when next we meet. Um, so as we hit the news and notes now, because again, there's not really anything to talk about more with matches. Uh, good luck, I guess, to England in their their Nations League matches this week and by good luck i mean please please god don't let anybody get hurt please please yeah, just please please don't hurt jordan henderson please we have we have we have eric dyer's have having a resurgence please please don't let anything happen to him mr southgate please please don't, don't kill don't kill jordan don't kill uh eric and please god don't kill him please 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 um so an interesting little bit of news. This came from uh, David Ornstein's weekly like column thingy he does for The Athletic. Um, the second story he wrote, or second kind of little mini story he wrote about, um, just, I, I feel like we've had this come up a few times, and every time it's like, it's that, if, if you remember that scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail, <laughs> where where there's those guards at the front of the castle and they're like looking out over the horizon and they see the, and then it cuts to the horizon and they see the three guys on the horses riding and then it cuts back to the guards and then it cuts back to the guys riding and they're still like way out in the distance and it cuts back to the guards and then it cuts back to the guys riding and they're still way out in the distance and then it cuts back to the guards and all of a sudden the guys are there and they stab them and go through the gate. Um, that's how I'm starting to feel about this next story. I feel like a guard at the gate and the guys riding on horses coming to storm the castle 
are clubs keen to explore Champions League games outside of Europe? Ah, from Mornstein's column, uh, this week brings the latest meeting of UEFA's executive committee, or AKA the people wanting to ruin the game of football on the Croatian of Island of Hvar before the general assembly of the European club association in Istanbul later this week. Um, one option favored by some of the most powerful club executives in European football involves taking champions league games outside of the continent to make meaningful games more accessible to clubs, global fan bases. PSG president Nasir El Khalife, who also chairs the ECA and is a member of UEFA's executive committee, among those supportive of such discussion with leading club executives, open and fixtures taking place in major markets such as the US, China, and get this, the Middle East. Um, it remains only an idea rather than policy, and any moves to take the competition abroad would likely be met with opposition from fans in Europe, likely doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence. Um, they do say give an option, which I think would be if this has to happen a little more amenable. Uh, it says another option to take outside of Europe may be the Super Cup, uh, where it's the Champions League and Europa League winner from the previous season. But because we can't have nice things, UEFA is already considering the introduction of a four team mini tournament at the start of each season, which would include the previous season's Champions League winners and three other leading teams in what would be referred to as the opening tournament. Who are those other three leading teams? I don't fucking know. Nobody knows. This is dumb and stupid. There's already a bajillion matches on the calendar. This is just adding more and more travel, and I fucking hate it. And there's questions of if you play a match off the continent in the group stage, how do you decide which teams have to do it and who loses a home advantage match and I, oh God, I fucking hate this, Wes. I hate this so much. I mean, this is almost as bad as if somebody came up with an idea of having an all-star game between the North and the South. <laughs> I have thoughts on that. I, so I will say, real quick, real quick. I think I think the idea, Bully's idea for an all-star game is a good idea. I think he just fucked up with how to draw the line. That, that was dumb. That was the dumb part. I think having an all-star game would be pretty interesting, but not not north versus south. No, that's 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 a terrible idea. Well, the problem with the all-star game, and not to get off of the subject, the problem with the all-star game is, you know, I, I don't know how your team looks, but my team doesn't have time to fit in the damn matches they have to play. <laughs> Jurgen says, "Oh, sure, yes, to 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 um." To basically subquote Jurgen Klopp, let's just throw another match in there. Why the fuck not? Hey, I, who? It's just gonna happen, and you're gonna be like, "Oh my god, I didn't realize Crystal Palace had five All Stars this year. That's amazing." I said all the All Stars are coming from Nottingham Forest and Crystal Palace. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> Which one's gonna be the MLS All Stars? <laughs> god. Um, and my, my favorite thing about that is, as somebody pointed out, they were like, oh, well, we can raise money and give it to grassroots football. It's like, or you could take some of the billions that you're making every year, <laughs> give it to grassroots football. No, like, no, no, let's, do that. no let's, let's make Mo Salah and Harry Kane and Young Men's Son, let's make them play <laughs> another match where one of them can catastrophically demolish their knee or some shit. 
<laughs> and yes, everyone's just dying to see Harry Maguire line up beside Virgil Van Dyke. <laughs> yeah, that's what we all want to see, Todd. We want to see United and Liverpool and City all playing together and bring on the Everton guys. Yes. 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 This just, this will work so fucking well. Oh, man. No, I, I enjoy, here's my thing. <laughs> Baseball and basketball have the two best all-star. And, and hockey. I understand the hockey all-star game is really good. I don't watch hockey. But those are basically your three, like, top-tier all-star games, right? Mm -hmm. Well, here's the thing. You can play those games, those sports. They already play. I mean, baseball already has 162 games in there. Mm -hmm. Let's throw in one more for a few guys. (laughs) Um, Basketball plays 82 games. Let's throw in one more in. 81 games. I can't remember how many games. I think it's 82. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. You know, let's throw one more in. Where with the football, everything is so compacted. And you've got the recovery that comes with them and everything. I mean, it, it's basically like throwing. <laughs> I mean, let's let's look at the league who has pretty much the worst all-star game that no one gives two shits about. That's the NFL. Yeah. You're the... Um, when it comes to the way their seasons and everything are put together, the Premier League is much more NFL-like than basketball, than the NBA or MLB. I just, uh, I mean, it, don't get me wrong, it could be done, mm-hmm. but with the wear and tear that comes on these guys as it is, and just the way that with football, you, you need to have like some sort of chemistry with each other to make something look good. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I just think it would be like, I just think it would turn out to be complete crap. I wonder, I wonder if they could just do then like a skills competition. Yeah, you could do that. I mean, do something, but you know, two then it comes down to you've got to make it worthwhile for the guys who you want to see. Yeah. I mean, here's the deal. You know, you start doing, oh, we're going to do this all-star weekend thing. Well, by the time enough guys drop out because, I mean, God, they already drop out of international duty with mystery injuries. <laughs> so, yeah, this is going to work. It's going to come down to, here's the greatest star of them all, Ivan Tony. <laughs> so, yes, Brentford's Ivan Tony is the best player that we have here. This would be like, where's De Bruyne and where's Asala and Where's uh, where's Kane and Simon? Oh, they're injured. What's wrong with them? You know, <laughs> a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, it's, it's too complicated to say. It's very com- very complicated. So just you know, so I just <laughs> I don't see how it happens. I don't think it happens anytime soon. Um, oh, don't worry, Wes. As, as we'll get to later, at some point, we're just going to have an entire league of American owners and it's going to happen. I think Tom Bowley just needs to stay on his side of the pond. <laughs> yeah, we are. It is just turned to a league of American, uh, exceptional American gentlemen. Right? 
<laughs> a league of extraordinary American gentlemen. <laughs> oh, me. Uh, 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 it's amazing. Yeah. One last piece of news. Oh, little news. A little little nugget from this uh, this actual article before we got off on this tangent, um, which you know really for, for for listeners of the podcast who who have been with us for a while, they'll they'll know the uh, the kind of contempt we have. Hi, for this. I get, <laughs> yeah. Um, in February this year, UEFA and the ECA appointed team marketing uh, appointed team marketing and relevant sports group as sales partners for the men's club competitions. Yay. All right. Oh, that's, right. that's going to be great. So we got to guys, we, we really got to get that U S and China audience guys, guys, we got, we got to, got to, we got to do it. Guys, we have to, we have to. All right. Great job guys. You're doing so good actual good news um from the athletic staff uh, this is something that had been brewing for a while but uh premier league clubs agreed to introduce bans for pitch invading supporters and use of smoke bombs um they have agreed to introduce minimum length bans for supporters involved in antisocial and criminal behavior at stadiums uh which is great because pitch invasions have been getting out of control people are getting hurt people will probably get hurt worse in the future um don't so don't fucking do it. And this is great. So ban them all. Just just say, hey, you you go go onto the pitch. First time, it's a year ban. Second time, you're done. You're 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 just you're just gone. Ever. So good for them. It's just good honestly, fans around the world just need to understand there's one place and one sport where a quote pitch invasion can work, and that's college football. Mm-hmm. Outside of college football. Just stay the fuck off, off the field. Yeah. Just stay off the field. You know, Chase Bryce is not there to help you down to invade the pitch, like he did at Appalachian State this past weekend. Uh, I mean, just stay off the pitch. This is not your sport <laughs> to invade the pitch on. Too um, many. And, and honestly, honestly, mm-hmm. just getting into that because I, you know, that was a little tongue in cheek, but when you really think about it, you know, rushing the field after a college football game, after Appalachian throws the Hail Mary to beat Troy, mm-hmm. you're rushing the field with your fellow college students doing it at that level. Those are professionals. Mm-hmm. They do not have that same giddy feeling of just sheer joy and happiness that you do. Because at the end of those of the day, those guys are there for their paycheck. That is a whole different kettle of fish than hitting the field at Appalachian State after they throw the hail mary. I would even argue there are some subtle differences. Like I would even say, like college basketball, I wouldn't do it anymore. Like as cool as it is to see, I would stop mm-hmm. it in college basketball, but just because of how much tighter the space is. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're I mean, talking about like true. like a, a like a ninety five foot court versus a hundred yard plus end zones and everything else football field. I oh. mean, there's there's a lot more space and there's actual like there's already as you know as someone who has watched a lot of uh, 
of, of Nick Saban going to midfield to shake another coach's hand. Um, there's a lot of armed policemen around these people. Um, and, and yes, there are, there is a security detail at basketball games that they don't tend to be directly around the coaches really in that point and around the players. So I, 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 I would still be kind of okay if we did away with it in college football, but it's like the one place where I'm like, the, the, there's enough going on where I can I can imagine it would be the last one of the sports where something bad would happen. But basketball right, of any kind, right. not that it happens, I think, in hockey, because the worst they do is like they start throwing hats or stuffed toys on the ice. And that's cool. Um, or yeah, or octopi. Exactly. Um, you know, it doesn't really happen in baseball anymore. Um, so, yeah, I, I think. I think it just in soccer, it's just, again, there's so many things that can go wrong. And again, with the, the fans bringing in, you know, fireworks or anything like that, just don't do that. It's and also, just, you know, you've got, you've got history with bad things that have happened before. Oh yeah. At football. Oh yeah. Uh, obviously me being a Liverpool fan, you know, Hillsborough is a thing. Uh, Heisel was a thing. Um, and, and you know, there's a, I hate to say, obviously, there's a uh, there's an extra added level around the football where things can tend to get violent a lot quicker over there. Mm. You know, I mean, I mean, God, Patrick Vieira was, you know, caught up in an incident earlier this season. Um, you know, things just things just tend to get violent with it. Well, you know, once again, college football is more just, oh, we're running on the field. Oh, I guess mm. we're wild. It seems like football fans in Europe have, they usually seem to have like an agenda when they charge the field. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's just, a, it's just bad news at the end of the day, man. It's just, it's bad news. No, nobody wins on it. It's a cool visual, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. That's about it. So, yeah, we that needs to be taken care of. That doesn't need to happen anymore. And that that is a practice that needs to go away. Exactly. Um, which was this one? Um, oh yes. Speaking of American owners, um, here is that story. Uh, this was from Matt Slater. Uh, group led by. <laughs> say some really mean things i'll just stick to the actual headline group led by american bill foley in exclusive talks to buy afc bournemouth uh foley who is also the majority owner of the nhl's vegas golden knights uh is in exclusive talks to buy the club um the demons uh max demon who is the current russian-born businessman which you know that comes with its own problems uh his asking price is in the region of 150 million pounds or 172 million dollars uh, which is a similar amount to how much he has lent the club in interest-free loans since buying to them in 2011. Um, I do believe it was said somewhere, and I can't find it at the moment, but I do believe it was said somewhere that Foley bought the Golden Knights and invested in them over $500 million. So another couple hundred million doesn't seem like it's too much of an option for this guy. Um, so I think this is a very interesting thing. And again, this would be another American owner potentially coming into the league to try and turn things around. 
Um, now, I will say, for those of you who do not watch the NHL, for do not follow the NHL, um, when Vegas came into the league as an expansion team, unlike just about every other expansion team in every sport ever, they came out and hit the ground running. Uh, they reached in their first season. They made the Stanley Cup finals. They did win, but they made the Stanley Cup finals and they made the playoffs all the next three seasons. Um, this this team was built to win from day one. So there is I think there is a sense that at least this might not be a a situation like we've seen with other American, some other American owners where they're just trying to jump in and just maybe trying to make a bit of a profit of it or even, you know, English owners like Mike Ashley. Uh, this seems like it would be a legit investment and chance to turn around Bournemouth. That said, who knows what's going to happen? We've already seen Bully, as we've joked about earlier, having some interesting opinions. So it would be it would be another sort of maybe potential influx of that sort of American exceptionalism into the Premier League West. Hard. Don't you know you get farty with a foamy latte? Oh, Todd just needs to get in his lane and, you know, take his other American brethren it, owners with him. Here's the, the problem. Only who, the only ones who do it right are Liverpool. I hate to say that. I'm not a homer. I am a homer. But the only ones who do it right, the rest of them come in and just... How did you, like, not have learned... From say a Liverpool who've been ultra successful, how can you not just look at them and be like, okay, that's what we need to do? We don't just come in and try to change everything about the culture of everything. You know, Liverpool have had their missteps, hmm. and that should be like the roadmap for all these other American owners coming in. But they're like, nah, we're gonna do it our way because obviously this way just isn't good enough for us. So. Yeah, there's here's the problem with uh, Bowley trying to stay in his lane. Um, as an American, he's used to driving on one side of the road, and now in England, the other, he he literally has trouble staying in his lane. That's, England, right. so. That's what my father likes to point out. They don't know which side of the road to drive on over there. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll see. Um, again, I don't. I think this could be one of the less terrible American owners if he does, because again, he seems like he wants to put a winning program out on the field. Like he doesn't want to just be there to be making money as another investment investment again. Cause we saw how the golden Knights. So yeah, we'll and that's true. So, you know, maybe he can come in and do something and, you know, Bournemouth. Oh me. I mean, Bournemouth could definitely use it because it is uh, it is not going well so far for those guys. Yeah, been a little bit of a, a swing and a miss back up here in the Premier League um, after after falling out a couple of years ago. Um, well, another story here. Um, this is just an interesting one because everything in La Liga is interesting. Um, this by Dermot Corrigan. Uh, Griezmann's strange substitute appearances and Barcelona's Atletico standoff. Um, so basically, due to some fine print um, in a contract where uh, Griezmann returned to Atletico from Barcelona in the summer of 2021, um, 
basically says that a certain number of minutes, if he plays a certain amount of minutes in a certain amount of games, there would be more fees added on to, to the sell price. And so now this has become a whole kerfuffle um, where, where Atletico is literally just letting him play less than 45 minutes every game just because, which seems like a very odd thing to do with a still very good striker. But hey, you know, La Liga contracts and, you know, when a team is broke like Barcelona, every every uh, euro, I guess, counts, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's um, yeah. It's what it is, man. You get, you gotta, you gotta get every single penny out that you can at this point. You know, yeah. so you can then turn around and spend what you still don't have, and somehow everything's fine. Exactly. That's the best um, part. Everything, everything's fine. Nothing to see here. All good, all good. Um, two two last little stories to round it out here tonight. Uh, the BBC um, World Cup 2022 Ecuador is set to keep place after player Byron Castillo deemed eligible. Uh, Chile and Peru's football associations had lodged an appeal uh, with FIFA, basically saying that Brian Castillo was actually born uh, not in Ecuador but in Colombia. Not just that, but that he was also born three years earlier than documents say he did. Um, and of course, Ecuador qualified for the World Cup over Chile and Peru from uh, Conmebol. They're trying to get them kicked out and maybe get in in their place. Um, he, uh, yeah. So some of the very interesting things is that apparently um, uh, Chile has a lot of documents suggesting all this and apparently there was also even an interview with castillo where he all but admitted that this was true and that he was actually born in colombia um and yet fifa was like no we're good we're 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 good bud well uh we'll let you keep playing for for them and we're not gonna we're not gonna knock you guys out. So uh uh Ecuador sorry, Chile and Peru are I believe gonna take this up with the Court of Arbitration for Sport, everybody's favorite place to go appeal something. Um I'm I'm sure they will definitely give a different ruling. Um, but I do find that this is a very odd thing. Again, fact that he basically admitted that he was born in Colombia and FIFA's still like, well, eh, what are you gonna do? Uh, somehow people must not have been able to make money off of him being from Columbia. So there you go. And then finally, news we were all looking for coming from awfulannouncing.com. Um, in what I believe will be the final EA Sports slash FIFA collab, this year's FIFA 23 will have a new team in the game, and it will be AFC Richmond coached by Ted Lasso. Um, whether this is cringe or cool or both, I'm kind of actually leaning towards both. Um, AFC Richmond from the show Ted Lasso, as well as Ted Lasso, played by Jason Sudeikis and Coach Beard, 
will be playable in FIFA 23 coming up here uh, at the end of the month, um, as well as all the players from the team in the show, uh, including uh, Roy Kent, played by uh, Brett Goldstein, who is also one of the writers in the show um, and others. So again, I, I think this is, and they will also have the stadium that they play in from the show, which is just crystal palaces stadium dressed up a little bit. Um, I, I'm really torn about this West. Cause I actually really like Ted Lasso. I think it's a very good show. Um, uh, especially in the second season, it got, it went in a direction I wasn't expecting, but I think was necessary. So I think it's cool that EA sports is, and FIFA are kind of recognizing this, but at the same time, this, this feels, I don't know. I, it just feels kind of cringe. Like, ah, oh, it's, it's, it's the American in the game again. Yay. Yeah. It's kind of like, I mean, what's this adding? Yeah. Of course, of course, many FIFA players will tell you that they haven't really had shit to use anyway. So. True. Also feels like maybe it's like a year late, a year too late because like that there hasn't been a new season this year. So maybe like last year would have been better to kind of capitalize that. I don't know. It just feels, it just feels really random and weird. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Olivia Wilde was holding all this up in, in, in the thing. I don't know. Who, who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Hey, yeah. Yeah. Pop culture references in this podcast. Who knew you were going to get that here? A swipe at Olivia Wilde on the Foreign Affair podcast. She wasn't expecting it. I know you weren't either. So there you go. I, I'm hip to the culture. I know what the people are talking about. Bitten on the lovable Chris Pine. How dare you. Now. One of the Jonas Brothers or something? I can't remember. Uh, it, was, uh, uh, it wasn't the Jonas Brothers. It was uh, the other one. Not Ed Sheeran. The other one. Um, I was about, no, I, was, no, I can't say that. Um, genuinely don't remember his name. He's the, it's the other singer, dude. Yeah. Him. Well, good for him because of Harry, Harry, Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Harry Styles. That's Harry Kane. I mean, Styles. Sure. Oh, 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 man. Oh, they Whoa. apparently both had a bit of a Florida man summer last year. Oh, 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 oh. Kaffaw. Um, all right. So that's that, that will do it for our news and notes. Uh, let's let's pimp the athletic though. Wes, what uh, what you've been reading this week? Oh, snap. Let me get my athletic up. <laughs> I've got some. So I don't think I did this one last week because I think it. I think it just came out this week, and I've been holding it. Yes. So as you guys know, I love the college football recruiting. Mm-hmm. All about recruiting. Love that recruiting. Because I'm from the South, and I love recruiting. So, folks, basically, if you're a big-time college football prospect, you can take up to five official visits to universities. Mm-hmm. On these official visits, you go for a weekend or whenever it's set up for you, and the university can pay your way there. They can pay for your travel. They pay for your food, your transportation. Basically, um, they pay for your hotel rooms. And they can pay pretty much as much as they want for this stuff. Um, now, some programs, 
we're going to talk about Texas here in a minute, can mm-hmm. pay a lot of money. Some programs, just going to say, oh, let's just say East Carolina because I'm a Pirate fan. Uh, we probably don't pay quite as much on ours as Texas does. Uh, Sam Conn Jr., the expert on uh, The Athletic, I love Sam Conn, um, <clears throat> went inside the, well, it's called Inside the Texas Spending Blitz that hooked Arch Manning and a number two recruiting class. So Arch Manning, of course, as uh, you know, if you know anything about the upcoming college football and the recruiting, uh, Arch Manning's the number one high school senior in the country. What's that last name? Manning. Hmm. Wonder who he's related mm. to. Mm. Exactly. He is the next in the line of the famous Manning family. He is the nephew of Eli and Peyton. So basically, everybody in the country wanted this guy. University of Texas ended up getting him. And he took his official visit to Austin, Texas on the weekend of June 17th. Mm -hmm. And you will absolutely love this story, getting the insight. Basically, the University of Texas Mm -hmm. on Arch Manning, and I believe it was nine total recruits were there that weekend with their families. Mm -hmm. The University of Texas spent $280,000 for that recruiting weekend. <laughs> for, like, for basically like 48 hours. I mean, there's nothing, they did nothing wrong. They didn't cheat. This is, this is all completely legal. Everything was yeah. legal that they did. But um, they kind of go down the itinerary and they talk about the different things that are there, um, such as basically they put all the recruits up at the Four Seasons Austin, which is a five star hotel. Uh, mm-hmm. It is the. Uh, since she's been in the news recently, it is where Queen Elizabeth stayed when she visited Austin in 1991. Mm. Apparently, for, apparently for her official visit as well, but whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, just little things in here. The money, it's crazy. UT spent more than $21,000 on airfare, car service, and other travel expenses. Uh, just talking about the food that was there, the um, the events that were set up, the different things they did. It's a really neat, like, in-depth look at some of what goes into these weekends. Now, once again, just because Texas did this doesn't mean everyone else is doing it to the same level. I would assume that there are schools who are, though. Uh, the the I'm sure the Alabamas, the Georgias, uh, the Ohio states of the world, you know, they're doing this kind of stuff and that's why they're near the top of the world because they're getting these great players. But anyway, a really, really cool story. Really cool. Look, um, <clears throat> a really cool look into the recruiting. Uh, and the other one I'm going to throw up, this, this is a crazy little story right now, which is talking about some of the pratfalls of, um, uh, of NIL and, you know, guys are trying to transfer schools just uh, to get ahead. How a five-star prospect from Georgia ended up homeless, ineligible, and 2,000 miles away. Basically, the kid who's um, known to, who's been ranked right now as the top um, defensive lineman in the 2024 class, a young man named T.A. Cunningham. Uh, he's from Georgia. His his dad sent him and his brother to live with this, like, coach in Southern California. 
sent him from Georgia, uh, which is um, outside of it. He lives outside of Atlanta. They sent him to California because he could go there and get NIL money because California is one of the states that will let you. And apparently he has been denied. Um, by the way, he, he's a good student, so it's not like he just gone out there and he's a moron or something. But uh, he has been denied eligibility, and the guy he's living with has been, like, arrested for charges that were, like, brought against him quite a while ago. Yeah, something about, like, being in a Ponzi scheme or something. But basically, this kid's out there right now. He can't get home. He has no he, – he's homeless. They're trying to get him eligible. It is just this cluster of all clusters. And hopefully seeing this will maybe open a few eyes to to people who are out there trying to exploit this system early on. The whole NIL system, there's just, there's so much going on that there, there are a lot more questions than answers. And unfortunately for this young man, he's kind of got caught in the middle of it because there's a lot of people using him to try to make a lot of money off of him. But a really good read. Um, our buddy Andy Staples, Bruce Feldman, Stuart Mandel, all involved in this one. It's a really, really interesting story and a really sad story. And hopefully it'll get, uh, you know, hopefully it's something that'll get all ironed out soon. But a really tough, um, tough road for this kid to have to ride right now. But those are my two athletic stories. Yep, that's what I got from the athletic. Ed Green, you got anything from the athletic? Did I break Ed Green? Hello? Hello? No, I didn't break you. Okay. Wow, that's really weird. I'm sorry. I was I was talking about the story and didn't realize apparently somehow my microphone had broken. We're good. Oh. We're we're good. Uh, but no, I had been saying like, yeah, that that's a that's a real shame about the kid because you know he's he's one of those kids that you want to see succeed. He's putting in the work in the classroom and outside of it, and you want those kind of kids to pull through. So hopefully, especially since this is really no fault of his own, you. I really hope that works out for him. That's that's tragic. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, and then one more I'll throw in just real quick. Um, a collaboration from the football writers, Jude Bellingham, Liverpool, Manchester United, and the battle to sign the Dortmund star. Uh, Jude Bellingham is going to be the next big name to leave Borussia Dortmund. Most likely will be gone next summer. Mm-hmm. As a Liverpool fan, we've been here for two years. We're going to sign Jude Bellingham. <laughs> we need a Jude Bellingham. Would be a huge pickup for us in the midfield. Uh, so all I can say is getting toward put up or shut up time for Liverpool management. So anyway, uh, good good story though by James Pierce, Laurie Whitwell, and a few others. Um, I just have one story this week, but it is a good. Um, we love our our long form pieces here on the athletic. 
Um, some of our some of our favorite stories have been uh, oral histories, uh, as well as just kind of uh, other players talking about a specific player. There's been a couple on Zach Greinke that have been some of the best pieces of writing I've ever read in my life. Um, just truly amazing stuff. This one in a similar vein by Jason Jenks, C. Trent Rosencrantz, Patrick Mooney, and Daniel Brown. Uh, true stories of Dusty Baker. I'm the second most interesting man in the world. Um, if you think you knew Dusty Baker before this story, you are probably wrong. <laughs> you are almost certainly wrong. Um, so, so many great stories from people who played for him, uh, including guys like Ryan Dempster, Bronson Arroyo, Danny Espinosa. Um, just some really, really great stuff from a lot of players. Um, he's uh, one, of, one of the stories is talking about how Dusty would sometimes come in and if some of the guys were struggling, he'd be like, you know, if you don't turn around, the owners, everybody, they're ready to let you go. But I'm the only one fighting for you. Uh, and so Worth came in. He was like, it was sometime in mid-May. He was like, I told them to give you until June 15th. Now, if you don't have it going by June 15th, we've got to make a change. That's fair. And I was like, fine, that's fair. You guys fucking release me and I'll go sign with the Mets and kick your ass. I walked out of there pissed. Lo and behold, end of May, I started playing good. That conversation got me going. Um, it's it's so many fun, fun, fun stories. Um, where's the other one? I really liked, uh, where's, um, let me see where, if I can find it. Okay. Um, this was from Ryan Dempster. Uh, so there's another player for another team that is up there hitting and dusty says, Demp, come here, man. He's got the double wristbands on. He's given signs over to Wendell Kim at third base. He's got the toothpick in the game's going on. He's like, Hey, that's your boy, huh? Said, yeah, we're really good buddies. It was a guy I played with before. He just goes, yeah, he's a burner, huh? I go. Oh, I mean, maybe he could do like 20 bases if you gave him the green light. He just looks over at me. The game's going on. And he goes, no, motherfucker, like a burner. And he makes the sign like you're smoking weed. And I go, well, yeah, I think so. How did you know that? And he just goes, <laughs> man, if you've been a burner, you can always tell another burner. I mean, this guy smoked weed with Jimi Hendrix. This That is an amazing story. Amazing story. Money more like that in this article. I truly enjoy. I enjoy all these kinds of articles from The Athletic. Uh, and this is just another perfect uh, example for the collection. Uh, I would I would say anybody and everybody should go read this story uh, and then absolutely also go find the Zach Greinke ones, too, because the Zach Greinke ones are just. Mm, Zach yeah. Greinke's our favorite. Yes. Yes. Um, Zach Greinke's yeah, he's. Listener. Oh, these were just so such good stories. Why is um, baseball so full of such weird dudes? I don't know. Maybe because like there is that like brainier element. So maybe like just like the pure jocks either go to football or basketball. And so the only other athletes left go to baseball. And it's like, well, you're you're an athlete, but you're also kind of weird and awkward. Maybe that's what it is. And two, they've got so they've, it's got to be like they've got so much downtime. Yeah, that's true. Because you know, football and basketball is like a lot more constant motion. You know, baseball, it's like you show up to the clubhouse, you hang out, you do this, you do that. 
you play the game, which half your team doesn't even play the game. Yeah. And then after the game, you hang out and you're in the clubhouse. And it's just, I mean, it's just a lot more time than you in baseball. Oh yeah. Like if you're, if you're, a, if you're a starting pitcher and you just pitched the day before, like what oh, are you doing for the rest of the day? You're just kind of hanging out like, Hey, what's up guys? Maybe it's like, I, it's like maybe get some work, work done. You work like twice a week. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if that. Oh man. Yeah. It's a, That's it's a weird group. Weird group. But yeah. Uh, again, check this one out about Dusty Baker. Go check out the Zach Rinky ones. And I hope, I hope, that the, oh, there was also the Bob Euchre one. There was the Bob Euchre one. Bob Euchre one was really good. Um, so yeah. So yeah, please just if there's any reason, I mean, there's great things in the athletic. We Wes brings up Andy Staples all the time, and his writing is top notch. But again, the these are some of my highlights of the athletic. Is mm-hmm. is taking these weird dives into people and and the stories people tell about them. They're fantastic. Um. All right, Wes, our final our final segment of the podcast. It's the watch for what you've been watching in the week that was or the week that will be. Honestly, on my end, I watched two episodes of Bob's Burgers and college football. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. You know me. It's been Fun. it's been some busy times and it's college football season. That's all I've been able to watch recently. I watch a lot of them. It's been very fun. And I personally, I personally uh, was in the building for three football games in a 24-hour cycle this past weekend. What was the third one? Um, I went to the East Carolina game on Saturday night. Oh, okay, okay. So 6 p.m. kickoff. So from 7 p.m. Friday to 6 p.m. on Saturday, I I did a high school game. Barely above a high school game, and then went to the <laughs> I say that with absolutely no problem saying that because the truth yeah. just hurts. Yeah, and and for those of you who think he might be joking, no, no, he's not. No, I'm not. I'm not joking. There's visual evidence if you want to if you want to go look it up. There's visual evidence, people. <laughs> Oh, yeah, uh, Ooh, enjoy that, y'all. Y'all enjoy oh, that. Our good friend Randy Randleson out there. Man, I didn't, I didn't, Randy. Mm-hmm. No, no, go ahead. What were you saying? I was going to say, I didn't ran, realize Randy Randleson worked with a Philip. I didn't. Uh, found that out. That's, that's cool, I guess. My goodness, yeah. um, I, I didn't know he did either. Just, wow, the things that show up on broadcast, huh? Yeah, weird, weird. It was, uh, it was so weird. It was, uh, they were just pointing the camera at some players warming up, and then all of a sudden I heard good old Rando's voice coming over the microphone and talking about talking about one of his co-workers. I was like, oh, that's, uh, hmm, that's oh, interesting. I don't know if that should be uh, getting broadcast and streamed out to the world there. I'll tell you what. Like, in all actuality, that was probably a phone call between old Rando and his old lady. <laughs> Even better. Good to know. I'll let Rando know that for next time. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. She's, let, let Rando know that. That's that's good. He like Rando, good. maybe you just don't turn on your microphone until you're ready to go at all. Yeah. Exactly. Because no one, unfortunately, apparently, no one let Randy know that he was on a hot mic. 
you know, 20 minutes before the game started. No one let him know that. Roll Rando learns something new every week. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't I didn't text you because I just I assumed for some stupid reason that Rando <laughs> knew this was happening. I was oh. I was apparently very wrong. Oh, oh. you should have known better. I should have known better. Oh, maybe maybe Edward should start watching the broadcast live just in case to let Randy know in case anything is happening. Randy. Oh, good times. Wow. Good mm-hmm. times. Um, not much report on the watch for for me either. Uh, we have started uh, myself and one name producer Jackie. Have uh, actually restarted watching uh, Gravity Falls, uh, which is amazing and wonderful, and even more fun on the second uh, watch through when you when you know what happens and you can pick up some small details you didn't notice on the first. So again, if anybody wants to know about Gravity Falls, it's like, what if we made a cartoon that was basically Twin Peaks, but for kids, but also kind of not for kids? That's Gravity Falls for you. Go check it out. Um, it's on Disney Plus with a lot of other great shows. Um, so yeah, that's going to do it. Episode 432. It's in the books. We got it done. All done on this international break week. Um, we'll be back next week. Don't know what we're talking about. Hopefully, hopefully we'll have nothing to talk about because no one will have gotten hurt for England. That's that's the best thing we can hope for. That'd be magnificent, wouldn't it? And we'll find something else to discuss. But for now, that is going to do it. Uh, thank you all for joining us here. Uh, thanks to our podcast providers, including Podbean. Or, not them. Anchor, which is powered by Ooh. Spotify. Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can also find us on the Soch. Uh, on Twitter as a collective, we are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are? I'm at West Bradshaw 21 And I am at Edward Green. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show. And you can email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. If you want to ask us a question, you can uh, just use the link in the description uh, and you can record something. And if we like it and it's good, we'll put it on the episode. Um, but that is going to do it again for this one. But before we leave, Wes, anything else you want to add? It is the bye week for the um, high school football game of the week. Our built-in bye week because we had no local games, first local Oh, oh, okay, okay. So, um, yeah, bro. So I am taking the uh, opportunity in. What am I going to do? I'm going to watch football this weekend. Yay! We're going to travel ourselves up north to the great state of Pennsylvania, Ed, and I for the first time, we'll attend a Big Ten football game. <laughs> As we will go to see the number 14 team in the country, the Pennsylvania State Nittany Lions. Mm. Take on something called the Central Michigan. So, yeah, they're 28-point favorites, but I don't really give a rip. I just wanted to see Beaver Stadium. So, why is it called Beaver Stadium? I don't know. It's in the middle of Pennsylvania. That's true. Yeah, they love their beavers. Love the beavers, but yep. So that's what I do, folks. I just, I just go to football. I just watch ball each and every week. So, um, 
Yeah, that's what I got. I got nothing really to add. Other than that, Ed, I got nothing to add. Real quick, did you see the video of the uh, the uh, UCLA football celebration from this past week? Oh my goodness, wasn't that fun? Oh man, it's UCLA celebrating quite uh, profusely in their locker room after the match over a one point win against Alabama. Wait, excuse me. I'm sorry. That was South Alabama. I apologize. Right. Wrong Alabama. Right. Which makes this right. a lot stupider. In in front of about 20 people in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Big 10 football, everybody. It's coming. Oh, man. USC will be good again, probably. Maybe. All right. With that. That is another episode in the books for McCullen Crime West Bradshaw. I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here this week. And until next time, stay safe, especially you, Karen, and enjoy the football. And good night, England. Just don't let anybody get hurt, guys. I, I don't know what else to say. Just don't let anybody get hurt, please. Ask for so little. Please, I ask for a little. Just y'all usually deliver a little, so I'm asking for a little here. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Perfect.